Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning and welcome to On The Pace on this Monday morning, the 9th of August. Michael Guerin joining you as your host to talk all things harness racing for the next half an hour or so. Of course, at the moment, it's hard to talk about harness racing or anything else without talking about restrictions and COVID and where things stand. So almost regularly over the last three or four weeks, we're trying to update members of the public, punters, and of course, racing industry participants about this fast-moving situation and how it affects the harness racing industry in particular. So we get John Dumasey, who is the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales on the phone. John, good morning. Thank you for joining us once again. Yeah, good morning, Michael, and my pleasure. All right. Where do we stand with restrictions? I believe another one of the LGAs where we have a harness racing track in the area around Penrith um, has further restrictions. So how does that affect our industry heading forward into this week? Well, how does it affect us? Um, uh, the COVID management group, that uh, the team here at Harness Racing New South Wales, they had to convene twice over the weekend. First, uh, we had the matter of Armadale, and now Armadale seems like a long way from Sydney, but this is how the, the ravages of this virus are spreading um, so indiscriminately across New South Wales, and, and Armadale naturally flows on and may affect um, Tamworth. So we put in place some um, containment in that area, so the participants up in the uh, northwest need to look at that. But when we get then on Sunday and we look at um, what the government's done with the uh, selected suburbs and, and correctly se- selected suburbs on the boundaries of the lockdown LGAs. It's uh, another approach we have to take. And um, uh, I think, fortunately, um, every, everyone is affected by this and some people are affected more so with each change. But um, fortunately, there aren't that many in these areas. There are still a few. And we've, uh, we'll have to um, look at that. We've looked at it this morning and we'll get notices out this afternoon to say what they can actually do. We certainly don't want to restrict their activities, but we must work within the um, guidelines of New South Wales Health. OK, John, some very basic questions because I know lots of people are wondering exactly what they can and can't do. If you are in these areas, can you work your racehorses at the moment? Yes, you can exercise and feed your horses on, a, on an animal welfare um, uh, front, uh, but also for these ones that were, were announced over the weekend, those suburbs in the Penrith LGA, uh, they will still be able to uh, compete, albeit under the um, the restrictions that are in place and, and those restrictions about they can cannot travel outside the uh, local LGA. So um, they'll be restricted as to where they can actually compete. Um, the next step from that is, is a little bit uh, more complicated and that'll come out in the notice. Okay, so for horses, for example, John, in the in the different regions, we we have grouped together usually the regions of Menangle and Penrith. Are they now separate regions? Uh, for for those uh, horses or, or residents of those suburbs that uh, were identified by the government, so it's not the entire LGA. That's that must be clearly identified. It's those twelve suburbs that were um, identified. One of which was Kemp's Creek. Another was Orchard Hills. St Mary's, uh, we do have um, trainers, drivers and strappers who reside in those areas and it's about where they reside. John, there'll be people listening to this who who aren't part of the racing industry on a daily basis and they're probably thinking, well, hold on, how's this all going on? 
um, as it did last year for, for all three codes when, for example, I cannot go to my place of work. Do we have any indication at all, with harness racing having continued, that it has been responsible for any leaks, breakages or infections? Have we have any reports of any participants in the industry testing positive since this main breakout in Sydney started six or seven weeks ago? Uh, thankfully, no. Thankfully, no. And we, we have uh, pretty strict protocols in place. Uh, we follow every every piece of advice from the government um, in New South Wales Health. But we then have, um, of course, over that the powers of the stewards. If a, if a participant doesn't follow the protocols, well, they can be dealt with by the stewards. And, and I've got to be say this. I haven't or don't know of a single participant in our industry who does not comply with health orders. Uh, harness racing New South Wales protocols, and they should all be uh, thanked for doing that. But, of course, they're there to protect themselves, their loved ones, the entire community, and that is the responsibility, that the, the very good responsibility that harness racing participants are showing through this pandemic. John, this time last year we had a couple of tracks, um, like Canberra being one of them, for example, which we weren't able to use because it was just too tricky with all the restrictions in play. Are all of our tracks able to be used at the moment? And is there any foreseeable future, as much as we can foresee anything, where we may restrict some of our tracks from being open? Uh, not at this stage at all, uh, Michael. Um, Canberra, of course, is in the a ACT, so that'll come under a different set of rules. But no, all, all the tracks are open. Um, it, um, if people follow the, the protocols, New South Wales Health protocols, we have, yeah, a very restricted situation of what once what what it was, but still, um, no, the tracks are open for exercising the horses and, and and racing where we have races allocated. Okay, John, we spoke last week, and I know a week uh, is a long time with the way things are at the moment, and there may have been no movement in this, but I will ask you for those who are at home and concerned. Breeders' Challenge coming up. We have um, obviously further down the track the Inter-Dominions, which we're going to be holding late November into mid-December. Any movement on those after this week's developments? Uh, what we've, uh, if we, we hit the Australian Pacing Gold, uh, which has heats next week. They will be conducted at Menangle. They'll be conducted under very strict um, protocols uh, of separation of um, the participants um, from each of the areas. So that, that'll be next next Tuesday, I believe, those heats are. But with the um, Breeders' Challenge, what will happen with that uh, is those trainers that are um, classified as being in the metropolitan area for harness racing New South Wales activities but aren't actually in the lockdown area, they will be given a choice uh, in the Breeders' Challenge to race. And we're talking about round Goulburn mainly. They'll be given a choice to race um, at either in the Western Districts or the Riverina, um, based on their first choice, their first horse they start in that series, because the series runs from September through till November. So uh, they will be given that choice, unless, of course, something dramatically changes in the next uh, two or three weeks to r relieve or release the protocols that are in place. I don't expect that, and um, because we're taking a very cautious approach. But uh, no, they'll have that choice. We've, we've spoken to the relevant trainers in the, uh, in the area, and um, they see that that is the, the only way forward, and they're very um, very grateful for that um, relaxation of the um, controls over the regions that they race in. John, just to touch on next week with those APG heats out of Menangle, you say separation of areas. Obviously, there's horses from, from Bathurst or Newcastle or, 
Wagga who may be coming to race in those heats. By separation, does that mean horses from each region are kept in different parts of the barn or, in fact, different barns at Menangle to make sure there's no mixing of participants and or horses? What, what, what exactly are those separations? Uh, the separations are, just as you explained it there, if you come from uh, one of these areas that aren't um, locked down or in the Sydney greater area, such as the country areas, you will be separated well away, uh, the horses well away, and, of course, the participants well away from those areas. Very importantly, though, um, when we say about uh, participants, uh, you will need to um, have a driver from the area you're from. So it won't be as if a, a driver that's in, a, say, the Campbelltown LGA, that lockdown area, can jump on the horse from the country. That that won't be permitted because that simply, um, uh, you know, simply breaks down uh, the separation possibility between participants. So, um, no, but they've been in place for Saturday nights and they work very well. It's a clear separation. There's COVID marshals, there's security. And I must say again and again, our participants know what's in front of them and follow the guidelines, the protocols to the letter of the law, and um, we keep racing on. On the subject of keeping racing on, that requires money. How have the turnovers been, John? Because obviously some TABs, obviously the ones in the Sydney Metro, are closed, so the agencies are closed. We, we saw a migration to people betting more online last year. COVID, uh, COVID exacerbated that. How's the turnover on harness racing been in the last month with those agencies in Sydney closed? Well, um, the TAB in New South Wales, as far as pubs and clubs uh, and retail outlets, is only working at 25% of capacity because of the lockdowns and the fact that they can't open those uh, facilities. So it has a, um, a very severe effect on the, on the turnover. Um, that's something we have to live with. Um, all other sports on, so it's not like last year where we racing almost had a, an, an open card, um, both internationally and uh, within Australia, to to be the only game in town. But that isn't the case this time, and the impact is is um, rather significant and to be expected. Could that possibly extrapolate out, John, to to the stakes increases we did get about four or five months ago being? reduced back again because we could have less income for a significantly longer period? Absolutely not. No, um, all our forward projections based on um, very detailed data, and that's an absolutely not situation. Um, the, the prize money increases that have been announced, the prize money increases, the additional prize money increases that have been announced uh, are in place and won't be retracting backwards. Well, John, we appreciate the update. I know a lot of those questions are very basic, but there's a lot of information coming and going out of people's minds at the moment. I would hope I didn't have to talk to you next Monday morning, John. Nothing personal, but I've got a funny feeling I might. So uh, stay well until then, and thanks for keeping the industry afloat. You said there's some notices coming out today, John. Will they be in people's email boxes, or will that be online at the main website? Yes, they're, they're, they go direct to the participants. Uh, I urge everybody to read these notices. Don't just look at it as another notice because there they could be something in there specific for them. And, of course, they are on the Harness Racing New South Wales website. Thank you, John. Stay safe. That's John Dumasey, the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales. As you can imagine, things are pretty manic in there at the moment, but the game goes on. That's the most important thing. One man happy about that would be Cameron Hart. He has been on a race-winning 
tear. You're only a young man, Cameron, but you must be very relieved that your livelihood hasn't been taken away from you by COVID yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's tough times for everyone and a lot of people have lost out, um, you know, a lot through through work and other things. So no, we're really grateful that we can uh, continue racing and, and bring some money in for sure. Some people would say, Cameron, at your age, we are probably once a week you want to be getting out and watching some footy and having a beer or doing whatever young people do these days. It's uh, it's even harder for, for maybe some of the people who are at home with their families. How are you finding COVID and the restrictions in a case when it, for you, I'm sure it's probably just work, work and more work and not much play. Yeah, that's right. It's been quite tough. Um, you know, it's been uh, probably more so the last couple of weeks in lockdown have been pretty hard, but you know, there's probably other people, um, you know, like you said earlier, that are lost out on their jobs. So I'm just grateful we can at least go to the races and, and um, you know, get out of the house that way. Well, it's been an amazing time in your career. You've had some Group 1 success in the last six months and you recently had a campaign where people were following you for your 500th career success and 100 wins in a season. They're starting to be quite big numbers, Cameron. Is it a case that these are things you pay attention to or you try and ignore and get on with the next race? Yeah, I try and sort of get on with the next race and just go week by week. I don't really um, look too much into the numbers and all that you, sort of um, stuff. But you had uh, three wins at Menangle on Saturday night, and one of them was, was super impressive. They were all good, but one in particular was excellent, and that was uh, the winner of the free-for-all, Rock and Roll Angel. They came home in 26.5. You had to check across heels and still get up. That's a hell of a performance from an eight-year-old Mia in a Group 3 race. Yeah, she was um, really super on the weekend, and, you know, she really deserved to win a nice race like this um, against the boys. She's always been really consistent and been a great mare to me. I've been lucky enough to win a few Metro races on her, and she's just um, ultra-consistent, and, you know, the race probably wasn't really run to pseudo, and there was just a dash up the straight, but she was good enough to, to get across uh, heels there at the 200, and and finished really strong the last sort of furlong and, um, you know, definitely went through the line hard. And hopefully she can uh, do the same this week. Mate, your other two winners on the card were Majestic Cruiser, who justified favouritism and, and, and seemed to do it well enough, and your earlier one with Rock Skinny Jeans. So are they two horses you could see returning and winning again because Rock Skinny Jeans put a pretty big gap on them? Yeah, she was really impressive. Um, you know, it was her first start at Menangle and uh, to be able to do that, you know, doing it all on her own out in front was quite impressive and normally horses can, you know, take a couple of runs to get used to the Menangle style of racing. So I was really happy with her and she felt strong on the line and, uh, you know, had to do it at both ends coming out in 26 and getting home in 26. So she was really impressive and Majestic Cruiser, he probably didn't have any rights to really win that race. He was a long way off them at the top of the straight. You know, we were 54 and a bit last half up the front end. He did well to come over the top of them. Mate, you're heading to Menangle again tomorrow. There's no harness racing in the state today. You're driving the horse in race three, which really interests me. And obviously lots of people are bored at home, Cameron, so we might want to have a little bet. Dorothy's River, only a filly, only had the one trial start, but went pretty well. I thought maybe a horse who wouldn't be a maiden for too long. Yeah, she really impressed me at the trials. Um, I haven't had a lot to do with her until then. and 
you know, she just seemed like she's got a good attitude and really wants to do it, um, you know. So she's come up with an even race and a good draw. Um, hopefully she should be a really good chance. But you've got a couple of other drives through the middle of the program here who are going to be big odds tomorrow. Um, it seems strange for a guy who's absolutely slaying at the moment. You don't have a good book tomorrow. Is that just the case that sometimes you can sort of have you know, not many horses you regularly drive or some of your other trainers aren't lining many up because it's probably a lighter day tomorrow than you're probably used to on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, it is a little bit lighter with just the four drives, but I think just every now and then those sort of meetings pop up where you, you know, a few of your regular drives might have a week off or they're aiming for something a bit, bit better than the midweek races. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of one of those things that happens on the odd, odd occasion. But I've got Mustang Millie in race seven. She's um, she's sort of a consistent mare and she was driven quite last start and got home, you know, twenty six two and a bit. Um, up the straight, so hopefully if she can land a good spot, she might be an each-way hope. But odds. Cameron, over the weekend we saw some guys that you would have either spent some time with or met or maybe even looked up to, Dexter Dunn and Andy McCarthy and Todd McCarthy over there driving at Hambo Day in New Jersey. Um, some success for all three of them. They all had wins on the big day. Do you just find yourself when you're driving around heading to these race meetings thinking one day I wouldn't mind having a go at that or is is it now a case of trying to establish yourself in Australia uh, before you think further afield? Because it tends to be most of the good horse people, at least at some stage, have an aspiration to, to drive at the big end. Yeah, for sure. It's sort of, at the moment, I've got a few more goals I want to tick off here in Australia and hopefully get a few more big wins alongside my name, but Definitely in the back of your mind, um, for sure, to, to maybe head over to America one day and, and try it out. You know, um, yeah, like you said, those three guys are really paving the way for us younger guys um, in the future to get over there and, and give it a shot, that's for sure. All right, Cameron, what are those goals? You said you've got goals in Australia. I'm sure winning some Group 1s would be one of them. Well, what, what are the other goals? Are you thinking premierships? Yeah, for sure. It's um, definitely a target of mine to, to try and take out a New South Wales uh, premiership and, you know, um, probably coming into this season, I was wanting to get a couple of Group 1 winners and I was able to do that, luckily, and hopefully um, maybe get a green circuit race one day, for sure. Cameron, almost everybody listening to this show, I'm sure, has been tuned into the Olympics the last couple of weeks. Did you find yourself parking up in front of the TV on the non-racing days? And yelling for the green and gold, or, or just watching any form of the Olympics? Yeah, I've been um, tuning in a fair bit. Sort of got me through lockdown. I've been uh, fortunate enough to have that on while we've been locked at home. So, yeah, definitely um, cheering on all the Aussies uh, over the past couple of weeks. What was your go-to, mate? Were you into the athletics or into the swimming, or did you, like some people we've had on the show, watch the equestrian? Because, of course, horse people are horse people. What, what did you find yourself tuning in on? Yeah, I'm a bit of a um, basketball fan, so I was uh, tuning into the Doomers games, and it was good that they got the, the bronze medal the other night. And um, yeah, definitely tuned into the swimming. It seems to be our go-to in the Olympics, so um, we get get plenty of success in the pool. So no, it's great to watch. Well, mate, you're having plenty of success too, Cameron. Congratulations on getting to 500. You had three on a Saturday night, which is almost standard for you these days. And, of course, you have over 100 for the season, mate. So you're going well. Thank you for joining us. Um, if we have one horse to follow, Cam, is there something you've been trialling or driving which you think our listeners should 
put into the notes on their phone or into their horse tracker over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I've got a few um, two-year-olds coming back in, um, the Jared Olchin trains, and they're all really handy horses. And, um, you know, I think nearly all of them are going to be thereabouts uh, when they hit the track. So probably just looking out for, for those sort of horses that Jared trains. And, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll be very competitive. Good on you, mate. Go well. Stay safe. Thank you. That's Cameron Hart. He's a young man heading all the way to the top of the harness racing industry. One guy who's been there to the top of the harness racing industry and these days is one of the senior statesmen. I'm not going to use the word elder. Senior statesman of the driving room is Darren Binskin. Darren, great to have you on the show, brother. Um, you got a win on Saturday night there, not only training, that's nothing unusual, but you had a driving success too. That must have been a bit of fun these days with the, the driver's room's probably a bit younger than it used to be. Yes, it's good to look up to them young guys because they've looked up to us and now they're going so well, so they lift your game by beating them. Uh, it's a bit of a bigger thrill than it used to be. But, uh, no, I'm enjoying the driving, Mick, at the present, and uh, it's great to be out there and great to be able to keep driving at the moment. Is the driver's room, it feels like externally, a lot younger than it used to be? I remember going to Melton and Menangle, I don't know, 10 years ago, or Harold Park 15 years ago, and, and there was a lot of 40-year-old men type thing in the driver's room and very senior people and from both sides of the Tasman. It feels now, Darren, when I go to the driver's room, half the people there are under 30. Yeah, Menangle's a different dynamic to most of the tracks because you race over a mile um, probably 70% of the time, and then we have 2300s every now and then. It tends to be... Uh, Press the button at the start if you've got the best horse and be up close. Uh, although if you, if you haven't got that horse, you've got to go back and wait. Where if you wait over a mile, if you watch uh, the American racing and even the Menangle racing, you won't get in the race at any stage. So you have to be aggressive. The young people do have that desire. But uh, I think it's great to watch the younger drivers. But I, I'm loving driving against them because I'll still give them a run for their money, Mick. You know what I'm like. Well, I know you're not going to be pulling back, mate. That, that, that is for sure. Tell me about your team, because you obviously have a famous harness racing name. You've been right to the top of the tree in the harness racing industry. How many horses do you have around you at the moment? Because you seem to have quite a few racing just right now. Yes, we, I've been lucky um, with the, Emilio, Rosati and Mary. They've given me a bunch of horses here at present, and we've got up to 20 at the present. Uh, and also, I've got Tony Bertwistle and his wife, Ellie. They've uh, bought a few horses as well from New Zealand, which have been racing really consistently at uh, Menangle. One of those is Arden's ace, turned up there on Saturday night. Um, he's done a pretty good job because I think a lot of the New Zealand horses, Darren, get to Menangle and they struggle with the ferocious miles for the first couple of runs. I think there's a bit more to this horse. Uh, I see he won there Saturday, but he's turning up again on Tuesday afternoon. Is that unusual for one of yours? Uh, it is a bit, but we tried to beat the handicapper. Uh, we thought he could have win on Saturday night and then try to sneak in and, and get the extra money while you can. Uh, that's that's why we've done it, uh, try to just get the, the extra prize money, Mick. Was a good plan. The owners like that. You're not driving him tomorrow. You've got two in the same race. Um, this is race seven at four thirty-three tomorrow at Menangle. You've also got uh, Watch Me Dazzle in the same race. So you've gone with Gavin Fitzpatrick. People might look at that and go, "Well, wouldn't he drive the one with a better winning chance?" But I, I presume that's not the case here. 
Oh, I, I look at it this way. I've got to look after all my owners. Um, um, Catherine Costello's been awesome to me over the years. We've had horses for a long while. Uh, he's a little bit naughty. Sometimes watch me dazzle. And the other boy's a little bit funny and quirky as well. So it was just the toss of the coin, uh, which one to drive. Uh, probably, probably the other horse is the best chance, but uh, watch me dazzle will be right up close to him at the finish. Mate, Arden's ace is bred to be a good horse. He's out of a champion New Zealand mare called Venus Serena. Um, is he the type of horse who's going to go on with a job here and become a regular Saturday night horse at Meningle? I really think he do. What do you, what you commented about the horses that do come from New Zealand because they race over distances and then we drop them back to a mile, all of a sudden their, their training program changes where a lot of the distance training is uh, you roll them around and sprint them up, but the, the conditioning you put on the miles is uh, try to race them and train them a little bit in between, keep them a little fresher than uh, flatter, and then they once they learn to adapt, and he's been amazingly, he's adapted brilliantly. Like I didn't think he'd adapt as quick as he has, uh, he's a bit of a funny horse off the track. He can be quite naughty, but uh, on the track, he's the perfect racehorse. And he saves himself. Even Saturday night, he sort of waited for that horse to come, and then he sort of found the line good after I just reined him up right near the line. Mate, in recent years, Darren, you always seem to have had a nice enough trotter in the barn. Um, you seem to, to like having the trotters around. you got one... Racing tomorrow, who I think's got a win in it somewhere. I'm just not sure if it's tomorrow in a standing start mile. Race two, oh. Sicky Monkey seems to have some ability. She has got a lot of ability, but if, if you pardon the pun, she's a very naughty monkey half the time. And we're trying to get her sorted. I think she's been a bit out of sorts since she's been here. She's the one that probably hasn't adapted as quick uh, to our style. And I, down the track, I think she will. Is it tomorrow? Your guess is as good as mine, Mick. Yep, she can be a bit that way. Um, later in the program, you've got Jedi Mind in it. It's pretty big odds in a race where Jack Trainer's got one at short odds drawn inside you. When you're in a situation like that with a horse who's big enough odds drawn wider shipment angle, is it a case usually of go back and hope for the best? Because if you start burning out, it's an awfully long way home. Well, look, the thing is, and what it shows you, if you burn the horses out too many times in a row, uh, they tend to not be able to handle it. There's, there's very few horses that can do it. Um, he's quite old. He's one of my favourites, but, uh, yeah, I've got to look after him. He looks after me. All right. One of them, another one who's, who's quite old and he's been around a bit is Warfare. Spent some time at WA. It's now back in New South Wales. It seems to be an unusual trend of horses going from WA and coming back to New South Wales. But Warfare's not the strongest race in the world in the last time on the car. There's a couple outside you from Linda McCarthy's barn go pretty good, but horse like Warfare, they tend to enjoy the good draws. Well, I think he's got a you know some sort of chance tomorrow. Um, he's been a little disappointing. He's been a bit up and down. He's run some really good races, and then when he's drawn well, he hasn't raced so well. But I think he's slowly getting there. I think you know maybe turn the corner a little bit. I think he's got a sneaky hope tomorrow. Mate, we were talking to Cameron before. I'm sure you caught it on the back end of his interview about North America. And North America for a long time has been the mecca of, of harness racing. No doubts you've been up there and 
had a steer or two yourself. You must be very proud to see what's going on up there with, with Shane and Lauren and, and Toddy, Andy McCarthy, even Dexter Dunn, who's a guy I'm certain you know. Um, I think for a long time we thought our horse people were up to this grade, but even people like Brett Pelling, we're, we're seeing it so often now with the Nifty Normans that you're starting to say, you know, we've got world-class harness racing people who can step up and do the job over there. Oh, look, uh, I was over there uh, in 2001 and drove about 35 winners and trained a mare that ended up becoming a national champion called Gold Magic. Uh, our training style and also our horsemanship and also our dedication, we've got the Americans really enjoy that we don't sulk up if the horse does something wrong where a lot of their drivers are a bit precious. They don't want to drive them if they carry on, where the likes of Toddy and Andy and Dex, they're just such professionals and they've got a lot of... They're three different sort of people and three different sort of drivers, but they're all all brilliant in their their ways. And when I was there, I said to a few of the American people, I said, one day you're going to get these young guys come. Uh, I said, I had to relearn a lot of it, but these young guys will come and they'll smash you and they all laughed at me. So I'm getting the last laugh now, Mick. <laughs> mate, one thing about you, you've always had a laugh on your dial. Hey, mate, we've <laughs> got to jump out of the show very quickly. What's yep. the horse that you've picked up that we should follow? Because everybody's bored at home, mate. We've all had a gut full of this. And if we're going to have a punt, we'd rather win than lose. What's one for us to follow? Oh, I think you just stick with Arden's ace. I think he's one that's going to be top top three, but I've got a little I got a little favourite Bankers Gold. He was second in the thirty thousand dollar final. If he if he can draw well at some stage, uh oh, he he's probably the horse I would follow to have a little bet. Yeah, he's a nice little horse mate. Uh, Darren, thanks for joining us mate. Great to have a catch up on the radio. Stay safe out there and keep driving the winners and teaching those young fellas how to do it. I I shall do that, Mick, you know what I'm like. I'm very competitive. Thank you for just yeah. your time. Yes, you are, mate. It's Darren Binskin, um, wonderful guy, one of the characters of Harness Racing. Thank you also to Cameron Hart for coming on this morning and Don, John Dummersy for the update for the participants in the industry. There'll be emails sent you this afternoon. Please read them as this very volatile situation is changing a lot. So Harness Racing New South Wales will contact you with what other restrictions are changing and what's happening. And that's us for On The Pace today. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. If you're having a bet, good luck. No harness racing in New South Wales today. We'll be back down to work tomorrow at Menangle. On The Pace, back on Wednesday morning with Brittany Graham.